Welcome to the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe life is better when you love the way you look. Style doesn't have to be complicated, and getting dressed can actually be fun. It's time to ditch that closet full of nothing to wear and instead create a fabulous functional wardrobe that makes you feel stylish, confident, and ready for anything. I'm your host, Jennifer Mackey Mary, and I've been dressing real women for almost 20 years. There isn't a body type or wardrobe challenge I haven't seen. And in this podcast, I'll share practical lessons from my journey that you can use to make creating a look you love easier than you ever imagined. Get ready to love getting dressed again. Hey girl, welcome to another episode of the Everyday Style School podcast. We have got a great show for you today. We're starting the first of our four body type specific shows. We've got a lesson from Linda that is so important to our body type discussion and a shoe trend in current events that you probably didn't see coming. But first, let's check your homework from last week. In the last episode, I asked you to look in the mirror and discover your body proportions. That's it. Today, I want to talk briefly about what they all mean. I mentioned in last week's show that even if you're an hourglass, you're going to want to listen to all the body type shows. So even if you are a pear, you should listen to hourglass. If you're an apple, you should listen to rectangle. I'm going to be sharing info every single week that you can use no matter what shape you are. And often if you can use an if-then kind of approach, you can learn more about dressing your body type from the others. For example, if high necklines are good for people with long necks, then lower necklines are good for women with shorter necks. See how that works? Listen to everything and see if it's something that you can use to dress your unique body or if you can tweak the guideline to suit you best. Okay, I also think I mentioned last week that even though there are as many body types out there as there are women in the world, I focus on the big four. Some women will fit clearly into one body type and others will be a blend of two. The only combination you cannot be is an apple and a pear. And I hear this all the time from women. I think I'm a blend of an apple and a pear. An apple is bigger on the top than she is on the bottom. And a pear is bigger on the bottom than she is on the top. That is the one crossover that does not happen. I want to help you understand what the four body types are. So you're starting from the right place. Looking in the mirror and understanding your proportions is key. So hopefully you did your homework. And if not, do it ASAP, maybe before you keep listening or, you know, if that's not possible before the next show. Here's what those proportions mean. If your shoulders and hips are equal and your waist is well-defined, you are an hourglass. Now, last week I mentioned that, you know, is there a technical definition for what your waist well-defined means? Maybe, but I don't think we need to be that technical about it. You know, does your waist go in a lot from your hips and your bust? Okay, call yourself an hourglass. Now, if your shoulders and hips are equal and your waist is not well-defined, you're a rectangle. Pretty easy. Again, if it goes in a tiny bit, but not a lot, that's okay. We're not looking for exact measurements. We're looking for general guidelines. Now, if your shoulders are bigger than your hips, you're an apple. If your shoulders are smaller than your hips, you're a pear. Now you can see why you can't be both. Your shoulders cannot be bigger than your hips and your hips be bigger than your shoulders. That doesn't, it just doesn't work. If you are still confused, here are two simple tests I've used for years that really make it clear for women. You ready? 
First, if you go to buy leggings and a t-shirt, would you usually buy the same size on top as you would on the bottom? Now, don't get all complicated. Well, maybe unless I'm at Target, but I always buy the same size at Lou and Gray. Don't don't overcomplicate it. When you walk up to that table of t-shirts and leggings, immediately, would you pull the same size top as you would bottom? If the answer is yes, you are either a rectangle or an hourglass. These two body types wear the same size on top as they do on the bottom. Now look at your waist. Does it go in a lot? If yes, hourglass. If no, rectangle. Now, if you would buy a bigger t-shirt than you would leggings, you're an apple. If you are bigger on the top than you are on the bottom, apple. If you would buy bigger leggings than you would t-shirt, you're a pair. That wasn't so hard, was it? Now, there's a lot of nuance in it, but I'm really just focused on getting you started out on the right track. Now, the second quick test we do is how do pants fit you? Do you get the gap in the back? Girls who get the gap in the back know what I'm talking about. So if you don't, you don't have it. Gap in the back is caused by your waist being significantly smaller than your hips. So you're either a pair or an hourglass. Check what's going on up top to make the final determination. On the other hand, if pants that fit you in the waist are big in the butt and legs, you're either a rectangle or an apple. The more room you have in the rear and thighs, the more likely you are to be an apple. If you can take off any pair of pants without unbuttoning them or undoing your belt, you are definitely an apple. If you can go pick up a pair of pants and don't have these odd fit issues, there's a really good chance you're a rectangle. Okay, that's it for the review of the homework. It took a little longer, but I really want you to start out on the right foot. Hopefully these little tests helped you to at least get a starting point. If they don't and you want a body type um, analysis, you can head to the Everyday Style Lounge. I'll give you the link in a little bit. And you can post a picture of yourself and have the women in the group give you some feedback. I think we're ready to dive into today's material. So let's kick it off with lessons from Linda. A few years ago, I was speaking and I was actually doing a presentation on the four body types. And after I finished, I talked about what body types were, what they aren't, some easy tricks for dressing each type. After I finished, a a girl came up to me and she said, I have lost almost 75 pounds, but I am still an apple. She said, I am working with a trainer three days a week. I'm exercising. I don't know what else to do. And I looked at her and I said, You're never going to be anything other than an apple. That's how your body is built. And, you know, I talked about the fact that body types don't change. It's your skeleton and where fat accumulates on your body. It's just kind of your your physical frame. And she was absolutely dejected by this. And as I've told this story in years past, since, since this event happened, People have looked at me like that was the meanest thing that I could have ever said to this girl, that she would always be an apple. But the way I look at it, what is meaner for me to tell her the absolute truth that if your shoulders are outside of your hips, they will always be that way? Or was it meaner for a trainer to take her time and money and promise her something that could never actually happen? In my world, that's a lot more cruel. There is nothing wrong with being an apple. There's nothing wrong with having broad shoulders and narrow hips. Nothing wrong with it. If we have built this idea that the ideal body type is one way or another and your body doesn't happen to fit that, there's nothing wrong with you. Your body type is just your body type. Know it, dress it as best as you can, but don't expect to change it. 
When I first started my business, I, I wrote a blog post about this and I found this trainer and she advertised change your body shape. And she had a picture of this rectangle woman who's bust and, and shoulders were pretty much equal to her hips, not much definition through the middle. And she was, you know, a little untoned. She could use a little shape up, I guess, whatever that means. But then she had, that was the before picture. And then she had the after picture. And this girl was super buff. She was a super buff girl with shoulders and hips that were equal to each other and a waist, a midsection that was pretty undefined. So she changed her body size, but she didn't change her body shape. So if you are killing yourself, hoping to become a different shape, I hate to break it to you, it's probably not going to happen. Know your body type, dress it best, and make peace with it. That is absolutely the best you can do. So that's today's lessons from Linda. And in today's vocabulary lesson, I want to share with you one trick that is so important to dressing any body type best. Let's discover the word of the week. All right, last week you got a two-for-one lesson from Linda, and today it's a two-for-one word of the week. Today I want to talk about knits and wovens. What am I talking about when I talk about knits and wovens? I'm talking about fabric and I'm talking about the way fabric is constructed. Thread, let's take cotton thread for example, can either be knit together or woven together and the product is very, very different. So let's keep in mind talking about cotton and let's talk about a cotton knit. A cotton knit has a little bit of stretch to it. It's like a t-shirt, a sweater, a sweatshirt. That is a cotton knit. A woven, when it is woven together, it becomes kind of a cotton blouse, a dress shirt, um, a heavier, not necessarily thicker fabric, but it has a denser weave and it doesn't have much stretch or give to it. Now, here's what you need to know about knits versus wovens. Knits cling and wovens glide. I'll repeat it. Knits cling and wovens glide. What does that mean? It means that a lot of women, when we feel a little bit fluffy, let's use the word fluffy, our tendency is to go find a big t-shirt and just try and hide everything under it. But that's never an effective strategy, right? Because knits cling. They will seek out and find whatever you have to cling to. Whereas wovens just glide over the body. Every woman right now is thinking, I will never wear anything other than wovens, but that's not, that's not true and it should not be true. Today, we're going to talk about hourglass bodies and one thing, and we'll talk about this later as well, but when you have a curvy body and you like your curves, something that glides over everything isn't necessarily your best choice. So I want you to think about what is the best fabric for the look you want to achieve. As an apple with a tummy, I do not want things clinging. I want things gliding. However, a lot of my clients who do have a smaller waist don't want things gliding over their curves because it makes them feel boxy. In that case, a knit would be a better option. One thing you can take from this is when you are looking at things online, sometimes I'll even see Loft does this a lot. They'll call it a t-shirt, but it's a woven. It's a blouse. It's important to know what that means when you're shopping because if you were expecting a t-shirt and you actually got this blouse, it's just a woven t-shirt. A t-shirt is a shape. A woven is the, the construction of the garment. So that's your word of the week. And before we get into our big topic for today, I want to discuss a shoe trend you probably didn't see coming. It's time for current events. Okay, ladies, we need to talk Crocs. 
Yes, those Crocs, those big, chunky shoes worn by gardeners and toddlers and chefs. They are having a fashion moment this spring, especially the white ones and especially with a younger crowd, but that doesn't mean you can't try the trend if you want. I subscribe to Women's Wear Daily, which is kind of an industry publication, and I started seeing articles about Crocs last fall, and I thought, nope, that's one of those fashiony things that won't translate into real life. Then a few weeks ago, I was at Target in their Wild Fable department, which you may know is kind of their new trendy junior department, and I saw a rack of white Croc knockoffs. We can call them Crocoffs. And then the other day, my tween daughter told me she wanted a pair of Crocs. Now, she hasn't worn them since she was five, and they were easy summer shoes, but it's official. They are a thing. Now, if you are thinking, sweet, I have a pair in my garage, I am trendy again. I want you to pause for a minute. I'm not saying you can't, at whatever age you are, rock your Crocs. You absolutely can. However, if you wear them with a faded black V-neck t-shirt and some Eddie Bauer walking shorts, they're going to look as frumpy, dumpy, and out of style as they always did. You actually need to create an outfit to highlight your Crocs. And I can't believe I, I... just said that that sentence that is we live in a crazy world. Anyway, in the show notes, I've linked to a couple of blogs on how to style Crocs if you want to try this trend. Now, why would you want to do this? Well, first, Crocs are comfy as hell. It's it's why people wore them in the first place. The other reason is no matter what your age, it's perfectly okay to try a trend. Don't check out a fashion just because you've crossed an arbitrary age line. But as we age, I want you to think of trend garnish, not trend salad. What's the difference? Well, in this case, if I was going to wear Crocs, I would pair them with a basic tee and boyfriend jeans, two fairly classic mainstay pieces. The Crocs would be the garnish. A trend salad would be wearing them with a crop top and wide leg flare jeans. That's a look best left to youngsters. As we age, go for trend garnish and choose one trendy piece. All right, when we come back, we're going to dive into our first body type discussion. Stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by the Everyday Style Lounge, my free Facebook community where you can connect with other women who are style-minded but not fashion-obsessed. In the group, you'll get style advice, inspiration, and some of my favorite shopping links. You can find us on Facebook at the Everyday Style Lounge, or you can visit the show notes on my website at youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast. Hope to see you there. All right, all right, all right. Before we get started, I want you to remember to use this information as flexible guidelines, not unbreakable rules. Do what suits you best. And if you love something, wear it. Rules be damned. I often say to my clients that it's okay to give up a couple of figure flattery points in order to pick up a couple of style points. There may be a trend you want to try or a piece that you just love, and that counts for a lot. But like Pablo Picasso said, you must learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist. Let's dive into this installment of the Everyday Style Lecture Series. I'm starting with the hourglass body type because it's what we think of as the feminine ideal. We also have this idea that if we ate better and exercised more or lost weight or did whatever, that we would all be hourglasses. In reality, we already know that's not true. But the hourglass is the third most common out of the four body types. It is not that every woman except you is an hourglass. Both rectangle and pear are more common. Apple is less common. So hourglasses, natural, true hourglasses do not make up a big percentage of the population. So let yourself off the hook. 
Let's start with a description of the hourglass. A true hourglass has shoulders that are equal to her hips. She can have a bigger bust or a smaller bust, but let's focus on those shoulders and a waist that is well-defined. Again, lots of theories about well, what well-defined means. One book I read or something said it's a waist that is eight inches, at least eight inches smaller than your hips or bust. I don't think we need a technical measurement. Is your waist considerably smaller than your shoulders and bust and your hips? Do your shoulders and bust line up when you look at yourself in the mirror? Go ahead and call yourself an hourglass. There are a few variations on this body type, and most of them have to do with how high your waistline is and how high your hips are. A very common variation is an hourglass with a high waist. If she takes her technical measurements or she looks in the mirror, she's going to see a body whose measurements line up with the hourglass. And she has heard the advice to belt everything to define her waist, but when she does, she feels like she's belting her boobs. If that's you, know that you're not alone. This body type appears more pear-shaped simply because more of her body is on the bottom. If this is you, combine the pear and hourglass rules. The other common variation has very, very high hips, often referred to as shelf hips or a spoon shape. Often the hips appear very square and long. This body shape can be an hourglass if the hips and shoulders are the same, but it can also be a pair if the hips are bigger than the shoulders. So if you consider yourself to have shelf hips or spoon shape, it doesn't necessarily make you an hourglass or a pair. We still have to look at the shoulders. It could be either one. In either case, you're going to want to marry the pair and hourglass guidelines. In both of these variations, it looks like there is more on the bottom than there is on the top, even though there isn't necessarily. So you're going to follow some of the hourglass fit rules, some of the the pair kind of styling rules. Okay. The main challenge for the hourglass is although the body type is what we think of as the ideal, nothing seems to fit you right. And I'm just imagining hopefully thousands of women sitting in their cars on their way to work, Finally being let off the hook that their body type, as perfect as everybody wants, you know, everyone says, oh, I wish I had your body type. You know it's really, really hard to dress. If a blouse fits you in the bust, it's big in the waist. If it pants fit in the hip, you get the gap in the back. Again, people say that they want your body type, but they don't know how hard it can be. I'm hoping that it's a relief for you to be let off the hook that as envious as everyone may be about your body type, you do have challenges. It can be extremely difficult to dress, but if that's you, don't worry, my lovelies, we will make it a little easier. It has been my experience with dressing hourglasses that while you may want a flowy, carefree, boho look, once you put on clothes without structure, you feel big and boxy all over. If you don't, that, that's great. If, if, that's, if you don't feel boxy, that's fine. Go for that unstructured look. But if that describes you, find ways to keep your waist defined no matter what look you want to go for. There are ways to marry those looks, but you know, it's just been my experience that especially like leggings and tunics. It's been a, it was a, a big thing for a few years and all of my hourglass clients wanted that until they put it on and they felt just big and boxy. In general, the goals for dressing your body, your hourglass body, are to maintain the proportion between your upper and lower body and highlight your waist. We don't want you to look top heavy. We don't want you to look bottom heavy. You have natural balance. Let's just keep it that way. Most hourglasses want their legs to look longer to avoid looking top heavy. So that's something to consider as well. But what you really want to know is what to wear, right? So let's start at the top with the top. Finding the right neckline is critical to finding your best looks and every woman should know what neckline suits her best. 
One important guideline, no matter what your shape is, is that the higher the neckline, the bigger your boobs look and the shorter your neck looks. So what does that mean for hourglasses? It depends. If you have a long neck and smaller bust, turtlenecks and crewnecks can be a great option. However, if you're more well endowed or you have a short neck, you may find that turtlenecks and crewnecks make your top half look even bigger and you might want to opt for a v-neck or scoop neck instead. V-necks and scoop necks are pretty much universally flattering. It depends. Some women like a wider V-neck and some like a deeper V-neck. A lot of women who are well endowed don't necessarily like the deep V because it, it shows a lot of a lot of bosom. So find the V-neck that is best for you. The other thing that you have to keep in mind as an hourglass is what's going on on the bottom. Remember, we want to maintain that balance and that proportion. So if you have skirt or pants that have extra volume, a higher neckline might balance it out. Whereas super skinny jeans with a turtleneck may make you look bigger on top. It may make you look top heavy. In general, when shopping with my hourglasses, I look for tops that are a little bit more open, like a V, a scoop, even a bateau or a boat neck, as long as it's not too... um, too straight across and, and highlighting the shoulder, you know, an, like a dress shirt with a collar unbuttoned that creates that V is a really nice look. A split V neck is also a good look. Anything that keeps the top a little bit open is a good option for you. Knits on top are an hourglass's best friend because they'll highlight your curves and st- instead of hanging straight like woven tops do. If you remember back a few minutes ago to our word of the week, this is a case where Wovens aren't necessarily best for everybody. However, if you do want that flowy blouse look, one thing you can do is add a jacket or a cardigan that ends at your waist or has waist seaming or detail. It'll give you the unstructured look you say you want as well as the waist defining aspect that you really do want. This is a good trick for hourglasses who feel they want to camouflage their midsection a little bit but aren't ready to go full on flowy. Button-down tops are kind of the bane of most hourglasses existence. If they fit in the shoulder, they gap in the bust. If they fit at the bust, they're too big in the waist. Like everything, a top needs to fit you in the shoulder first. If you find one that fits you in the shoulder and bust, you can always tailor the waist. Another trick is to look for blouses with lots of vertical or curved also known as princess seams, these shirts have more shape naturally than those with just an underbust dart. You're going to do better. The more seams a top has or a jacket has, the better it's going to be for an hourglass. In reality, for my professional clients who are looking for button downs to wear under jackets, we've often just given up the idea and gone for a silk or jersey shell with wrapped waist or draping. They seem to work better. And one of my biggest mantras is don't work so hard for it. There's often an easier alternative I'm avoiding giving specific shopping tips because you never know what a store is going to carry. But I will say that the Ann Taylor Perfect Shirt, I will link to that in the show notes, um, is the best shirt I have ever found for curvier figures. Okay, one of the easiest things you can do is look for blouses and or tops with wrapped waists or belts or tie details. Right now in the spring of 2019, these styles are having a serious moment and are everywhere. Stock up. That's one of my things I always say. When a trend that works for you is is everywhere or a, a silhouette that works for you is everywhere, stock up. It will help you get through those times where fashion isn't necessarily made for your body type. Right now, wrapped tops, um, belts, tie details are simply everywhere. 
Okay. If you do have a larger bust, watch out for big breast pockets or embellishment between the shoulder and the bust line. That's going to attract attention right there. And it may not be a spot that you want to highlight. How long should your top be? Okay. Here's another tip for every body shape. Seriously. This is one of like my five most important things to know about dressing your body. Never put a horizontal line across the widest part of anything unless you want it to look bigger. So what does that mean? Your tops should either end a little above or a little below the widest part of your hips. Pretty simple, right? Just we want to really divide kind of your lower half in thirds. So we're either going to go a little above the, the widest part of the hip or a little bit below. Now, where's the widest part of your hip? I don't know because that's a variation of every body type. So look at where your widest part is and go a little above, a little below. Half tucking is a great way for hourglasses who wanted to find their waist but don't want to commit to the full-on tuck. It's a great way for hourglasses who are trying to camouflage a midsection but don't want to give in to the full boxy flowy thing. For jackets and coats, your best jackets and coats have a lot of vertical and princess seaming again, and anything with a belt is a bonus, especially outerwear with a belt is is a great look for you. One thing to mention is that a simple change that makes a big difference is to reposition the belt to match your waist. That is a really, really easy thing. Um, You can probably do that alteration yourself, but make the belt match your waist. Avoid round collar boxy jackets, even if they're longer and even if they have a belt, they're going to gap in weird places. And again, beware of the breast pockets. So I'm thinking of, there have been some jackets out in the last couple of years that are really cute. They're kind of a military style. They have big breast pockets and they probably will not be your best friend. Okay. Now for dresses, girl, my hourglass girls, your body was made for dresses. Your curves fill them out so well, and you probably feel like the best version of yourself in a dress. If that's true, load up your closet with dresses. I cannot tell you how many Lindas I have worked with who we struggle and struggle and struggle in their closets, and they don't like the way jeans fit, and they don't like the way pants fit. And then we get to their dresses, and they go, oh, I like this. This They feel good in dresses. You can have casual dresses, dressy dresses, you know, easy summer dresses. If you look best and feel best in dresses, why make it harder on yourself? The most important thing to know, and again, this is for all body types, is that the waist of a dress needs to match the waist of your body. I'm going to repeat it because it is that important. The waist of a dress needs to match the waist of your body. If it doesn't, the waist of the dress will move around to find your waist. Hourglasses with high waist, I see this happen all the time. I'm guessing when you wear dresses with a set-in waist, I'm talking about a like a horizontal seam right across the middle, you often get a fold of fabric right over the waistline. Am I right? That is a waist that should be positioned lower, sneaking up to find your natural waist. One trick I use with my high waist hourglasses is to try petites and size up one. That may not work for you if you need the length, but it's been a successful trick more often than I can remember. It moves that waistline up just a tiny, tiny bit. Um, It's usually more successful in summer dresses when we're not, you know, worried about sleeve length and things like that, but it can really be effective to just kind of shortens the top half of the dress a little bit. So give that a try. 
hourglasses look for dresses with defined waists, fit and flares, wrap dresses, belted sheets. This is not a time for easy breezy shift dresses. That's not your jam. You can wear them if you want, but I'm guessing that anything, even if it's just like a knot detail under the bust, anything that brings in that volume and highlights your smallest point is going to make you feel best. Let's move on to bottoms. In pants, the most important thing you can do to make shopping easier is look for curvy pants for your curvy body. These are made for women with smaller waists in proportion to your hips and rear. They eliminate the gap in the back and the pulling it across the hips. Not all pants are available in a curvy fit, but you can always have pants altered. It's a pretty simple thing to do. You can wear a belt if there's a tiny gap, but honestly, if the gap is big, do yourself a favor and tailor. One thing that my clients are surprised to find out is that when you find pants in the right fit, so if you are a curvy person, once you find a curvy pant, you normally go down a size. What happens is when you're trying to fit your curvy body into a straight pant, you need to go up a size to fit your hips, and then you get that big gap in the back. You get the big folds of fabric across the hip because there's there's still too much there. Um, it folds kind of right at the crotch line. It's They never seem to look right. That is because your the shape of your pant does not match the shape of your body. Make life easier and find curvy pants. I find that hourglasses can wear most styles of pants when keeping in mind what's going on up top to maintain balance. If you're comfortable rocking skinnies as an hourglass, go for it. If skinnies leave you feeling a little exposed, try a slim leg or a straight leg that doesn't taper in as much. Most of my hourglasses kind of shy away from uh, white and light colored bottoms. They're afraid to draw too much attention to the bottom half, but honestly, you don't have to. If you want to wear white jeans, try a straight leg instead of a skinny. Often light and tight isn't your best look, so try, try switching up the silhouette. If you're really comfortable rocking your curves, try high waist pants with a shorter or tucked in top. That is a great way to highlight the waist. Trouser cut pants that aren't overly full are a good choice if you want to want a wider cut pant. I find that if they fit a little bit more snugly through the thigh, they're a lot more flattering than a super, super wide leg as a, a wide leg can leave you feeling bottom heavy and can make your legs look shorter. As for Skirts, you can choose to play up or play down your curves. To play them up, go for a pencil skirt. Depending on your leg length and shape, you can wear skirts that are tight, or I'm sorry, you can wear skirts that are right above the knee to a midi leg that hits high calf. Find the length that looks best on you. You know, a funny thing is I have more hourglasses hate their knees than any other body shape. I don't know if there's a strange correlation there, but if that's you, go right below the knee. There's no reason that you have to fight that battle. Just wear a little bit longer skirt. Now, if you want to play down your, your curves, you can wear a fuller skirt, including pleated versions. When you wear a fuller skirt, they'll make sure your top is tucked or you have a structured jacket to avoid the boxy feeling. If you are an hourglass who feels like she's got a little bit more fluff in the lower belly, I would watch the pleats. Pleats should really start from your smallest point. But if, if they're pleated and then, you know, they kind of tend to highlight that the tummy area. So I would be careful with those. It's not that you can't. A lot of time, if, if you're looking for a pleated skirt, one that is kind of stitched down kind of to the hip and then uh, the pleats are very structured, those can be a much more flattering look for you. All right. Just a note, if you really want to do baggy, oversized thing that's current right now, 
you need to create structure somewhere in your outfit, whether it's half tucking or scrunching your sleeves, wearing a baggy top with fitted sleeves, rolling your pants or wearing a jacket with a really strong defined shoulder. As an hourglass, you're probably going to feel best when your clothes fit close to the body somewhere. I know that the really body conscious looks aren't They're not super current right now, but there are ways that you can marry the current look of being a little oversized and baggy and also what is most traditional flattering on you, which is having structure close to the body. So just look for ways to add structure, even if it's not totally fitted through your midsection. A few final tips for hourglasses. Stores that cater to a more mature customer tend to be naturally curvier. I don't know why this is, but it's true. So try stores like Eddie Bauer, Land's End, Talbot's. Even if the overall aesthetic of the store isn't your jam, you can shop with a critical eye to find pieces that work for you. So, you know, don't walk into Eddie Bauer and say, oh, I don't, I don't want to dress like a lumberjack. No offense if you like Eddie Bauer. If, if you do, that's great. If that's not your aesthetic, that's okay. They still sell plain dark wash jeans. Go for pieces rather than the whole store. With accessories, be careful not to pile on too many big pieces. In general, your body doesn't need a ton of decoration and can get overwhelmed easily. Avoid necklines that stop right at the bust line and scarves that add too much bulk there as well. That's it. It's a lot to take in, but I really hope this information makes shopping and getting dressed easier for you. Your homework this week, if you're an hourglass, is to go through your closet quickly and look for your favorite pieces. Do they fit the guidelines? Also look for pieces that you don't love and never wear. Could it be that they're not best for you? That's it. Don't spend more than five or 10 minutes on this, but learning why you like the clothes you like will help you when you're shopping in the future to make great choices easily. That's all. Have a great week, everyone. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. Class is dismissed for the day, but if you'd like to continue the conversation, head over to my free Facebook group, The Everyday Style Lounge. You can also visit my website for show notes, downloads, and links to resources we discussed during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast. Finally, be sure to subscribe to The Style School wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, I'd love if you'd leave a review and even share with your friends. Thanks so much. We'll see you back in class next week. But even if the overall aesthetic of the store isn't your jam, you can shop with a critical eye to find pieces that work for you. So, you know, don't walk into Eddie Bauer and say, oh, I don't, I don't want to dress like a lumberjack. No offense if you like Eddie Bauer. If, if you do, that's great. If that's not your aesthetic, that's okay. They still sell plain dark wash jeans. Go for pieces rather than the whole store. With accessories, be careful not to pile on too many big pieces. In general, your body doesn't need a ton of decoration and can get overwhelmed easily. Avoid necklines that stop right at the bust line and scarves that add too much bulk there as well. That's it. It's a lot to take in, but I really hope this information makes shopping and getting dressed easier for you. Your homework this week, if you're an hourglass, is to go through your closet quickly and look for your favorite pieces. Do they fit the guidelines? Also look for pieces that you don't love and never wear. Could it be that they're not best for you? That's it. Don't spend more than five or 10 minutes on this, but learning why you like the clothes you like will help you when you're shopping in the future to make great choices easily. That's all. Have a great week, everyone. See you next time. 
Thank you for listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. Class is dismissed for the day, but if you'd like to continue the conversation, head over to my free Facebook group, The Everyday Style Lounge. You can also visit my website for show notes, downloads, and links to resources we discussed during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast. Finally, be sure to subscribe to The Style School wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, I'd love if you'd leave a review and even share with your friends. Thanks so much. We'll see you back in class next week. Thank you.